Hey everybody, welcome to the D&D Roundtable, a D&D podcast on the Tome Show Network. My name is Topher, I'm the host of the Roundtable. On this episode, we'll be talking to Ginny Loveday and Roundtable newcomer Katie about the stream of annihilation. <laughs> Thanks to our sponsor, Easy Dice Roller at easydiceroller.com. Don't forget to use the Amazon affiliate links and the DM Guild link to help the show out. If you like what you hear, please take a second and give us a review on iTunes. Now, let's start the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Roundtable. Tonight, I am excited to have Roundtable regular Jenny Lovedale. Hey, Jenny, how are you doing? Hey, Topher, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me back. I'm super happy to have you back. I'm sure that our longtime listeners know a little bit about you, but go on and tell us something about you that they don't know. So I am from Knoxville, Tennessee, not Atlanta, and I used to be the former Southeast Regional Coordinator for the D&D Adventurers League when they still had a program like that. Um, you can still find me, of course, organizing a bunch of conventions, game days, regular days, and just D&D in general around and about the Southeast. Most recently was at MomoCon. You'll find me at DragonCon as a regular person and, you know, just roundabouts and all that. So that is me, coordinator at large, as someone else likes to call it. Right on, right on. So since this lovely episode tonight is about, it's a roundup about the stream of annihilation, my get-to-know-you question, the question I want to know your thoughts on is, are you a fan of and do you watch any of the live play shows and streams? I'm a fan of a couple of them. I wouldn't say that I'm a regular viewer of any live stream in particular. Um, we frequently have live streams on kind of as a background noise in the house. Critical Role, of course, everyone knows that one. But I can't follow that storyline to save my life because I don't watch it regularly enough. We watch a lot of uh, role play. Court of Swords would probably be the one I'm, I watched most frequently because I like the guy with the voices. If anybody watches it, you probably know who I'm talking I, about, but I, I can't remember. <laughs> so you're a fan of, 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 of the voices. All right, I like that. I like that very much. Well, Jenny, thank you very much for joining us. Thanks again. Uh, with us also, as our second lovely guest, is a newcomer to the roundtable, Katie. Katie is a game manager at a store that you guys may have heard me mention once or twice, Titan Games and Comics here in Smyrna, Georgia. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the roundtable. Hey, Topher. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to have you on. So tell our listeners something they don't know about you. Well, that would be pretty much everything, as this is my first show with you. So um, I have a mohawk. It is currently green. That's important information. So uh, obviously you know why we're here. We're talking about the stream annihilation. Are you a fan of the live play streaming shows, and do you watch any of them? I don't, actually. I find it very hard to focus on live play shows. I'm always... I'm always like, no, what, what happens next? Just get to the point. Tell me what happens. Let me know what your blow-by-blow blow is so that I can go and write my own adventure to run later. Uh, I don't really enjoy watching the table play so much. I don't know why. You know, I, liked, I like watching you guys at the shop. I love watching everybody that runs tables at the store. But for some reason, the YouTube shows, I just can't seem to get into. All right. I, I can feel that. Well, Katie, thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, so we're here. Wizards of the Coast had this event. Um, as we're recording it, it was last weekend. It was uh, 12 hours on the Friday before this and 12 hours on the Saturday. Called the Stream of Annihilation. 
there was some leaked pictures and some leaked art, and uh, very immediately, almost immediately after the event started, which we're going to talk about the event in general a little bit later. But the the big key, the first thing we're going to talk about is they announced the next storyline. And the storyline is the Tomb of Annihilation. I was a little disappointed that there wasn't a little more to that, but okay. Um, it is. It takes place in... I'm going to get this wrong, and both these ladies are going to correct me in a minute. Colt? Cholt. Cholt, thank you. Cholt. Cholt, yeah, thank you very much. Um, and there is a well-known baddie in there called a Sararak. Now, I had to admit, I had to go back and remember who Sararak was, and I had to be mad at myself as soon as I realized who Sararak was, because um, he was a big baddie in one of my favorite modules of all times. I've linked in the show notes, actually, the Wikipedia entry for him. He was a wizard um, who became a lich, and now he's a demi-lich. For premier stores, the book will be in there September 8th for all regular stores and places like Amazon and such. It'll be September 19th. Um, the Chris Perkinson's quote is, An adventure about death and what people will do to avoid it, but initially pitched as Indiana Jones with zombies. I think that kind of sums it up from what I've gathered. Jenny, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts? I am super excited for the new season. Um, I mean, we've just had the Tomb of Horrors, and this is kind of a play on that. So, I mean, everyone loves Tomb of Horrors. Everyone loves the jungle. And uh, if you followed the stream, everyone is going bananas over the dinosaurs. That are Heck yeah. There. Yes, exactly. Uh, who doesn't love dinosaurs, and who doesn't love being able to uh, shove that in their DM's face as a druid and go, now I could be a dinosaur, and you can't cry about it. <laughs> All the druids rejoiced. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, but no, I think it's going to be a great storyline, a lot of exciting things, the exploration, the whole theme of it, the increased danger. I mean, I can't say enough good things about this season, so super pumped. <coughs> Yeah, you know, I like the fact that what we've gathered so far is that it's not just an adventure. There is a gadgeteer for the region. Um, there's information about the bigger cities. So, in theory, that you, yes, yes, you could run the adventure, but there's also uh, some level of a source book is what I'm gathering, which makes me super excited about that. Katie, uh, when I asked you to do this, you had no idea what the adventure was going to be and what the announcement was. That is so true. Um, but uh, I am, I've mentioned this in the show before, I am lucky enough to be part of some playtests for WOTC. And I, this is one of those I got happened to be, um, my, my group happened to run some of this. So I knew a little bit at least, some at the very high level, what the setting was. And I knew the key element that you would love, which was zombie dinosaurs. Oh my God. I, I cannot even express how excited that made me. I've been talking about it on and off since the announcement over the weekend. <laughs> it's like, it's, in, fact, in fact, if I may, Chris Perkins, if you're listening, thank you for writing this module for me. <laughs> I actually, I'm sure Chris actually wrote it specifically for you. He was sitting I, there going, met, but I, I know that Katie needs I know this. that he knows. <laughs> All right, so, so if you listen to the announcement, you said you were following on Reddit, you read some of the stuff online. What's your thoughts? Give me some thoughts besides the excitement of just the zombie dinosaurs. I mean, tell me. Well, actually, I am not a fan of Tomb of Horrors. I do not care for dungeon crawls. I'm not, I'm not a dungeon delver. As a GM, I much prefer uh, heavy role-playing sessions. So that part of it doesn't really speak to me very much at all. I, I will say that I am super excited that Pendleton Ward was brought on to give the dungeon a personality 
I think that's fantastic, and I think he was a wonderful choice for that. I'm a huge fan of Adventure Time and his work with that show, so I cannot wait to see his influence on the adventure. But what I'm really looking forward to is that it is a gazetteer, like you said, and, and we're going to get lots of information on the peninsula of Cholt. I, I think it's peninsula, right? It's not an island. It's, it is it's, peninsula now, yes. Yeah, yeah. so I'm very stoked about that. Yeah, the Sword Coast Adventures Guide made it a peninsula. So here's the interesting part that they kept talking about, and I want to get both of your thoughts on this before we move on, is it seems like the they keep talking about undead. They talk about the undead dinosaur, T-Rex, who spews undead out. The fact that being dead and raised from the dead was now more of a thing, and there were some issues with this, some problems with this. And they obviously, they were very adamant about not giving a one and giving away too much in the stream, like they didn't want to ruin it. Katie, tell me your thoughts on the whole mechanics of raising dead and dealing with undead and having this undeadness. It seems like we've been doing that for a while. I mean, we had the whole Ravenloft, you know, Curse of Strahd season, and then yeah, and this season, I mean, we, you know, I mean, this would be the third time in 5th edition, technically, we've gone to, we've dealt with something from Tomb of Horrors. I mean, uh, I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I do think the zombie thing is overplayed. Uh, I'm less excited about the zombies than I am about the dinosaurs, but I am excited about zombie dinosaurs because it's going to be an official monster in the book, right? So it's not just that, oh, I've turned a dinosaur from the monster manual into a zombie by applying some things to it, but instead they're going to hand me the tools I need to just plop a zombie Tyrannosaurus Rex onto my table and I don't have to do any work for it. And that makes me super happy but I do think, you know, the zombie thing, I know we're riding the, the Walking Dead wave, although I feel like that bubble is about to burst pretty hard on everybody. But yeah, I'm, you know, I would have liked maybe something else, maybe, maybe some other kind of disease. I don't know. Jenny, what's your thoughts on the whole zombie stuff? I, too, am a fortunate member of that playtest group. So I think that they focus a little bit too much on the zombies. There's going to be so much more than that. So if zombies aren't your thing, I mean, you don't have to go all crazy about that. I mean, I like a zombie here and there. Undead are cool. I mean, they're a cool mechanic, and they're a, a cool class of monster and everything. But, I mean, really, current day, my thought is the zombie trope, is way overplayed. Um, and you guys being in Atlanta, I'm sure, feel that twice as much as I do. Uh, so you get progressively closer to Atlanta, you get tired of seeing walkers. True fact. Very true fact. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm pretty excited, though, for the the resurrection stuff and the, uh, the, the meat grinder mode, what they're calling it, um, the tougher death-saving throws. Um, and the resurrection stuff that I don't want to go into super details about either. But dying a lot and having the possibility of not being able to be, you know, resurrected via normal means, potentially, um, I, I think that that adds kind of like a whole another level of, oh, God, this is, you know, like a super scary place and magic can't always save your butt. So um kind of excited about that. I'm super excited, like these pictures, especially that were in the uh, AN World article and that are all over some other places, like with the town, uh, Port Nyanzaru, and like everyone just going about their business with dinosaurs there. Oh, yeah. So good. I love those pictures. <laughs> like, 
you know, no big deal. Just my uh, my dinosaur carriage. Like, what up, bro? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to admit. I have to admit that when we first saw this picture, when they, when they leaked this picture, I was super excited because for a split second I thought we were getting Eberron. Oh, that was my favorite rumor to squash mercilessly. Like, we're getting Eberron? No. All right, so, <laughs> so, Jenny, you mentioned the meat grinder mode and grinder mode, which Chris Perkins um, showed off in the stream. Can you give our, our listeners a little bit of a backstory? What is that? How is that different from normal D&D? Normal D&D, if your character dies, <coughs> you get some saving throws. You get either three saving, successful saving throws or three failing death saving throws, and you either you bleed out to death or you're, you're able to stabilize until your party can find a healer or finish the fight and you know force a potion down your throat or whatever it is that they, they have available in their resources to give you additional hit points. With meat grinder mode, the um, potential failure rate is increased because you have to make a 15 or higher on the die instead of just an 11 or higher or 10 or higher. Now I can't remember if it's 10 or 11 to pass because nobody ever rolls 10. It's 10, it's 10 to pass normally. It's 15 okay. when you find it. <laughs> so, yes, you have a much higher percentage likelihood of failing your death saving throws. And with death having such potentially catastrophic you know, outcome for your character, it, it really adds that edge, that sense of urgency, that sense of risk, and that sense of just overall dread. It also makes all of the undead on the island make way more sense. Thematically with Cholt and everything, they make sense anyways right. because they kind of tie back in to some of the stuff that was uh, name-dropped and kind of hinted at uh, what's artists? Uh, artist uh, Kimber. Yes. The Ring of Winter. Yeah. Yes, and all of that. So, kind of ties back in with undead and immortality and everything. That whole it it really makes a nice continuous storyline with anyone who played Storm King's Thunder, and that was a really good, not so hidden Easter egg. Yeah, I agree. If anyone, if anyone was paying attention, they told you what the season was going to be. They threw us off, though, with Tales from the Yawning Portal. <laughs> At least when Mr. Perkins, when Chris ran the game, if you failed and you died, you were out of the game. And I think they were doing that for the stream. I don't think that is actual. I don't know. That could be actual. So meek there, w- there will be additional mechanics with that. And they didn't really go into it on the stream um, for, uh, I guess, simplicity's sake and also for keeping a little bit of the, the, the mystery. When you died in meat grinder mode, he was just brutally ripping their character sheets up. There will be, you know, a couple of things that can happen. Um, you know, meat grinder mode, if, you, if you're using it, and um, it may or may not be usable for Adventurers League. Nothing has been announced as far as Adventurers League rules for this season, so... Don't t- don't take anything we say here, people who are listening to me as Adventures League. But yeah, so I don't know. To me, it really makes you value your character's life because I I want to uh, play everything meat grinder mode to kill all the people that I already killed in my playtest again. <laughs> oh, that's awful sweet of you. Note to Topher: Don't play in Ginny's game. Um, all right, Katie, oh. what what do you think of this whole meat grinder thing? 
ironically, even though I am not a person that particularly enjoys Dungeon Delves, I'm actually super excited about meat grinder mode. I'm excited about being able to push people past their limits at the table. I like the idea of forcing them to play outside their normal box confines. And I think that heavy death mode will do that for a lot of players who are maybe just in it surface level casually. And if they start to really care and get invested because their character might die and their character sheet might get ripped up at the table, I think that's really cool. I like the idea of that. I hope it is Adventurers League legal because that's I would want to reward those people who survive to the end. I vote for it as well. <laughs> yeah. right. I mean, also, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Topher, if you sit at my table next season, I'm going to rip your character sheet up really dramatically. Well, I mean, you're going to crack my iPad in half? What, what's that <laughs> She's going to make you print one out so she can rip it up. It, it's true. I will. I will. All right, all right. I, I think it was a mistake having both of you on the cast at the same time. Um, <laughs> it's bad for me. I mean, great for our audience. Our audience is fantastic. Bad for me. Katie and Jenny, anything else you guys want to say about the season announcement? I, I just want to, in case people didn't really dive deep into like any of the overviews, talk a little bit more about some of the other like creatures that they're going to use cuz I'm I'm super excited for the the wildlife, the the jungle, the the whole exploration theme. You'll be able to hire guides to kind of lead you out into the jungle and you're you you as your character and your player are literally discovering things as you go, like creatures you've never seen before. There's a lot of stuff from the Volo's Guide to Monsters um you know, and there's there's just so um, one thing that was kind of mentioned were, and this kind of made me squeal like a little girl. Psychic koalas. Uh, also, <laughs> the zorbo, right? Yeah, the zorbo. Yeah, froghemoths. You know, any number of very distinct tribes of other creatures that we may be familiar with, but which maybe act in different ways. So it's going to be a lot of exploration and everything. And I'm super excited about that because you'll get to see like the wonder on your players' faces as like things don't exist exactly as they expected them to. Because it's, 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 it's basically a whole other you know, way of living. It's like New York City versus the Amazon. Nothing's the same, even if it's the same. Uh, yeah, the Zorbo, though. He's so cute and deadly. Right. I, I actually had kind of a, a, a moment about the Zorbo. So in one of the Reddit threads that I was following, they link a picture of the Zorbo from the first edition Monster Manual. And they also linked a picture of a drop bear. Do you guys know what drop bears are? Yes. Yes. Okay, for those that don't know what drop bears are, drop bears are a mythical creature. They do not exist that Australia put up on tourists into their country where they say, be careful about the drop bears. They're larger koalas. They have vicious teeth and claws, and they drop on you from above. So I sort of wondered to myself, what came first, the Zorbo or the drop bear? And my internet Googling could not find me an answer to that question. They came about simultaneously. <laughs> in in my imagination, they did anyways. <laughs> Uh, Topher, please put an image of the drop bear in the notes afterwards for everyone. <laughs> I'll work with you guys and make sure that's in the show notes. Okay. All right, I'm going to move us off of this. Yes. And um, so next season, Tomb of Annihilation, September 8th and September 19th. Like dice? Need more dice? 
check out EasyRollerDice.com for amazing dice, including their gunmetal and rose gold collections. When you visit, make sure to use coupon code TOME, that's T-O-M-E, at checkout and save 15% immediately. Again, go to EasyRollerDice.com and use code TOME at checkout and save 15% and snag yourself some great dice and gaming accessories. All right, our second topic of the evening is that, like I said, there was 12 hours on Friday and 12 hours on Saturday during the stream. There was some um, some streamers. They invited a bunch of streamers, and they streamed. And we'll talk about that in a second. But they also made other announcements. So the first announcement was about next season, about the next um, next season and next um, adventure storyline. But they also made other announcements. Um, they, uh, of course, made announcements about Neverwinter. The MMO, about how it's going to tie in. We're going to not talk about that very much. They also talked about Dice Masters. There's going to be a Tomb of Annihilation um, set for Dice Masters, which is going to add some more mechanics, and they're going to introduce something called Draft Packs into Dice Masters, which should get you up and playing much faster. If you're more interested in that, there's lots of good videos out there, but we're not going to talk about that very much. They also talked to the folks at Fantasy Grounds and Roll20, not a lot of surprise there. The material is going to be available for purchase inside of those two things. If you're a virtual tabletop player, that's great news. I'm super excited about that. But we're going to talk about the other stuff, the stuff that's specifically related to the tabletop game. And one of the first announcements was WizKids. Minis! Oh, yeah. Talking about the um, Tomb of Annihilation miniatures. Uh, they've been doing this for a while now, so this shouldn't be a big shock to anybody. Uh, the part that I'm excited about is the – they call it the case incentive. If you're familiar with the D&D, with the WizKids prepainted miniatures, that if you buy an entire case, then you have the chance of purchasing in a case incentive, right? And the one for this one is the Tombs and Traps set. Uh, it's pretty fantastic, and I'm pretty excited to get it. The other announcement that WizKids made was a Tomb of Annihilation board game. I don't know this, and maybe you two know this. I assume the board game is the same format as Castle Ravenloft. It is, and Stavon. it's compatible okay. with them. Yes, Great. It's compatible. So they're continuing that line. I own those games. Those games are a ton of fun, and there's the pictures with it are really great. Katie, what's your thoughts about WizKids and specifically about their offering for this? I'm super stoked about this miniature set. I have not bought into the blind box miniatures this time around. I stopped buying blind box miniatures with the Star Wars minis back when Wasi was producing those. I just found that I never really used them at the table, and at that point, why buy them? But the possibility of pulling myself a zombie T-Rex has me pretty stoked. <laughs> I hope the zombie T-Rex is as easy to pick out as King Hecaton was without opening it, and that he was the heaviest box. Right. <laughs> I never got a King Hecaton. I'm super, super You didn't mad. pick up all the boxes in the store and feel? No, I, uh, I, I try not to be that person. It was like a ritual for all of the people at uh, my local gaming store. They would have to buy like a new case of minis every couple of days or so. We buy oh, yeah, we, we go through them at an alarming rate as well because of that, yeah. We, we, buy, yeah, we buy minis by the, by the folding boatload. So thank you, Level Up, for continuing to order those. Um, but I'm super excited for the minis. I'm probably not going to get the case incentive because as much as it's cool as it looks and as awesome as it is, I never use set pieces. But I know someone who is definitely going to get it, 
and I'll probably poke at them in her box and be like, these are cool, and then we'll never play with them. Um, <laughs> but we'll have them. But yeah, I also am going to buy, where's my husband? He's not down here. Way too many of these <laughs> to, to get a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, as long as they put a good percentage of dinosaurs in there, they're going to sell tons of these. Hotcakes. Yeah, I'm expecting hotcakes. I expect this to be the biggest set that they've released so far because of the dinosaurs, because of the zombies, <coughs> and because of a Sararak being in it. Yep, like right behind the Storm King Thunders ones were huge because they literally had huge minis. Uh, if these have huge dinosaurs, same. Yeah. Hotcakes. I was very excited for them to act, to tell us straight up that a Sararak was going to be a miniature in there. So that made me happy. To they haven't it, told to, to me... Well, I know his rarity, but just because he's rare doesn't mean he's scarce. I need to know how right. scarce he's going to be. Right. Like, how many right. How many of these do I probably need to buy? Just go ahead and tell me, because I'll buy that many and then some. I'm I'm thinking you're probably going to need to buy a case to get a Sararak. That seems logical to me I don't as know. a retailer. Well, I didn't buy a brick, but I bought a brick's worth of single boxes and got two hectons. You never okay. know. Okay, well... I, I guess that's true. Maybe they'll make him a little bit easier to find just because of the sheer number of them they want to sell. It's true. When you get excited, once you buy him, then you have to keep buying them because now you have him, so you need the dinosaurs. <laughs> we're we're really excited for these miniatures, Topher. I'm I'm, I'm sensing that. Are, are either one of you guys fans of the the board game, the WizKids board games? Yes, I also own all of the board games, and I was super excited. As anyone who was at our charity convention in April, Save Versus Hunger, super excited to be the winning recipient, after way too much donations into the raffle, of the premium Storm King Thunder board game, which is not compatible with the other ones, but is equally cool. So FYI, the Tomb of Annihilation board game will come also in a premium edition, and the difference between the premium and the standard edition is the miniatures are painted in the premium edition. Nicely painted. Yeah. So if you want to shell out the money because you're not good at painting, it's worth it. I have a <laughs> bunch of beautifully pre-painted, not huge size giants. So I can play on a scaled down map and still use painted giants, which is fantastic because the maps in Storm King Thunder are so big. Yeah, it's a lot of table space to try to fill. I can use 10-foot squares, and these minis fit perfectly. My players don't know what to do with themselves, but I don't have any problems. <laughs> Street date for the miniatures is end of in sometime in July, I think. Yep. All right. I'm going to move on to the next announcement, because I think this is the other one that people are excited about. Zenthar's Guide to Everything. Yes. Uh, if you're a longtime D&D player, you know who Xanthar is. He is the Beholder Crime Lord who lives underneath Waterdeep with his pet goldfish who keeps him sane. Oh, the goldfish. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who is not a longtime D&D player who looked at the books and was like, I don't understand. Why is there a goldfish? <laughs> so I had to explain that to him. Prominently um, featured right in front of his yes. face. The same artist who did the alternate cover for Volo's Guide is also doing one for this, and it looks pretty cool. I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan of that. So excited about that. November 10th in Premier Stores and November 21st everywhere else. 
So if you don't know this already, and you haven't heard this already, what Xanathar's Guide is, is all of the Unearthed Arcanas that we have been playtesting and showing off and doing for since they've been issuing them have been now tested, edited, tested, edited, and they've been pulled together. And the ones that rose to the top, or as Michael Merle said, the cream of the crop, um, are, are in this book. So they're going to give new player options. There's whole new trap mechanics, new classes. This is pretty exciting. I'm so excited about it. New subclasses. New subclasses, sorry. New options for classes. That's an important distinction. Yeah, one, one subclass minimum for every class. Correct. I, according to Mike, every class got, two ex- got at least two except for wizards. Right. So, Katie, what's, what's your thoughts? I am so excited that they're finally releasing a splat book. As a retailer, my number one complaint slash comment is, where's my splat? Where, you know, when am I going to get more class options? When am I going to get more race options? And people have just been, oh, man, they've been chomping at the bit for this for so long. I am very stoked that they're finally releasing this. I totally respect what they've been doing with 5th edition and their release schedule. It's been working for them. It's been working for us on a retail level. But this is going to be really a huge breath of fresh air into the community, and it's going to really stoke people again. Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. I think that uh, especially if the book becomes Public Play or Adventures League or whatever we're calling it, legal, that's going to be a big thing. Jenny, what's your thoughts on this? Well, I I am excited for it. Let's start with that. And then I want to temper that with, as a DM and Adventures League person, I am completely 100% behind the slow, steady, methodical release of Splat. And I've been helping to playtest this as well, so um super been involved with, and some of my friends have been like, you know, why do you want them to nerf that? And I'm like, well, I don't want any class option ever to be fundamentally more powerful. And I think they've done a really great job with making this into a well-balanced book that they're going to offer. So I am excited. Because it's gonna, it is gonna offer so much more new material, and players have been clamoring for that. And we got a little teaser of that with the Sword Coast Adventurers Guide, and then we finally got some new races with Volos, which was great. It kind of, but it kind of got everyone really hyped up, uh, like Katie said, to kind of sink their teeth into just some more options. And this, this is definitely going to please. And, and this is hard to do, but I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to please every player I know. It's going to have something for everyone in it. Yeah, so, I agree. I'm super excited. I'm getting the alternate art. I've already, like, they, my stores can't order it yet. You can't order it yet, Katie, right? No, that is correct. All right, good. I've already told him that I'm on the pre-order list when the pre-order list, I'm, like, on the pre-pre-order <laughs> list. Yeah, I've, I've got to set up the pre-pre-order <laughs> list at my shop this weekend because I've already got people calling about it, so... Yeah, so we've got list for, for our list going on now. We're we are getting this book. Everyone is gonna go crazy. Uh Xanathar, like you said, he's a crime lord. Uh and if you really read up on the history of Xanathar, he's not just been like the one beholder because even beholders die, even if you don't think that's possible. So um he's like a kind of beholder dynasty, Xanathar first, second, third. So he has a lot of stored knowledge about literally everything. So we get to see kind of some of that knowledge get put back out into the wild for adventurers. And um, I'm pretty excited to see uh, how players receive it. 
I'm pretty sure that I can still carry my backpack, which is two more books. So, you know, I'll accept that. So I'm I'm stoked. I really want to tell you about all the classes, but I can't. So I'm just going to go with you're going to like it. Yeah. Well, you guys are making me users, super jealous. Well, the users should know the classes because they should have been paying attention to Unearth Arcana. They don't know which ones made it and didn't make it, but they but the, well, we true. know that they were chosen from Unearth Arcana, so they have an idea of which ones are being were, were being used and considered. So, so, so the users do know that. Well, that is that is true. So you you definitely do know because it has been all the material has been released at least in its draft form. Now, stuff that you see might be different from what was in or in Arthur Arcana, and in a lot of cases, you're probably going to be uh, a little bit relieved that it has changed slightly. In other cases, maybe it'll be very similar, um, and you'll be ecstatically happy because you've already played that on Arthur Arcana, and you loved it, and, you're, and you just wanted to make it legal, and now it is. So my wish and hope now is that, much like they did for Volos, they're like, yay, Adventures League, have it. Boom, done. Uh, so, Jitney, you made a quote there, so I'm going to move us to the next announcement. They, it wasn't the next announcement they made, but the next announcement we're going to talk about is D&D Beyond. Yes. This month we're going to get the second part of the, the second phase of the playtest. And they, the reason I wanted to talk about this now is you talked about having to add two more books to your backpack. And uh, uh, they also touched on slightly in D&D Beyond about the ability to buy books, how that, you know, you'll be able to purchase the player's handbook and the DMG and, and such and have, and they were very adamant about having the full version of those books with the art and everything within the app. They didn't talk about pricing. They didn't talk about street date for that stuff. They didn't talk about any of that. They just mentioned it was going to happen. Jenny, are, are you excited for D&D Beyond? Do you use the current beta version? So I have been using the current beta version um, as is, and this is a very common complaint. It doesn't have tons of functionality it's missing a bunch of stuff it's basically just the srd and you can get most of the same stuff in the roll 20 compendium especially if you're using it on your computer like you, you can find the same stuff but i'm super excited because it's so smooth it's really uh curse has done a wonderful job uh, as curse does if you use any other uh, like curse client for twitch or anything like that you're very familiar with their work uh, they're a phenomenal company they've got a solid reputation and i think it's going to end up being a very solid product i think they've said it's probably going to end up being a subscription-based model I don't know anything about that, so I'm speculating on that as well. They touched on that very, very briefly. They wanted to talk more about Phase 2 and the character builder, the character sheets, and the pronunciation guide. Oh, oh, good. I could use that. Yeah, I'm excited about the pronunciation guide quite a bit. But, yeah, the character sheets, all the tools and everything. Like So far, um, what they have in there has operated like flawlessly as intended. It's just the, the lack of content right now is the only real complaint anyone should be able to have. Um, but as they continue to roll stuff out, the character builder and then the encounter builder and then like the campaign builder, eventually you'll be able to like sit down with your D&D Beyond app or computer browser and be like, I want to run a game. No idea what I'm going to do. This is a monster. I like this monster, and we'll just make a story around that. And everything, you just type it in, pull up some information, where is this from, Then you've got that. And then you can just seamlessly build like a whole campaign, like a whole story right there using all of the tools available. Uh, they'll have the books and everything. It's going to be, if you're you know into digital tools and stuff, which I'm not, and I'm still excited about it. So I can't imagine what people who 
go, you know, gaga for Roll20 and Fantasy Grounds think about it. So uh, my questions I have is I use Hero Lab for my for my character sheets on my iPad. I am curious. They did mention that there's going to be a standalone app eventually at some point. Mm-hmm. But my question is the fact that, which I assume we'll find out sooner than later, is that do I need to purchase the player's handbook and the DMG and the such to have all the information in my... To, to build your character, kind of like with character with character. Fantasy Grounds where your DM has to have the ultimate license and all the stuff in order for you to build your character sheet right. on there. Nobody right. knows yet. It's possible because... Either your campaign manager, like whoever's running your campaign, has to have the books, and your character sheet can't port, you know, or something. <laughs> seems, seems likely from connecting dots and stuff, but maybe they'll go a different route where you can build your character, but you can't, you know, just print out all of the information. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to print all the spells from this book that I don't own. No. No, you're right. Right, exactly. All right, Katie, what's your thoughts on this? piece of technology are you are you, are you going to use it are you excited about it i will i will give it a shot um i currently use a number of apps from the google play store on my android tablet that i have either paid for or free one of them is a fifth edition srd app that has all the srd stuff in it already and i can use it offline and that is my number one requirement is that i have to be able to use whatever app i'm thinking about using offline because Sometimes you just don't have Wi-Fi when you're playing D&D. And to not be able to access all of your notes and everything would be a huge detriment to anybody who suffers from spotty internet or uh, a gaming store that doesn't have an open Wi-Fi system. So that's probably going to be the clincher for me, is whether or not it requires Wi-Fi to access your material. I can see that. I can totally see that. That makes perfect sense to me. All right, I'm gonna. Um, I want to talk about a bunch of other stuff, but I don't want to talk about just this stuff for too long. So I'm gonna uh, kind of touch on very quickly two items. Um, and if, there's the Tomb of Annihilation dice. They're very cool looking, green gemstoney looking. They come in a very cool looking tin with a um, relief of the of the demon's head on it, which looks very cool. And of course, Gale Force Nine is coming out with a seasonal version of their DM screen. And also some of their collector's minis. There were some you could see around the sets um, there were very cool. They, they look kind of nice and everything. If that's your thing, then you'll be obviously excited about those. You guys have any thoughts about those two things? I really want the dice. I just need to know, do they glow in the dark like they look like they do? I'm getting them regardless. But I don't, I don't think they will. They look like they do. They do. They, they do have that sort of, that particular glow-in-the-dark plastic look to them, but I don't think that they do. Yeah, they didn't talk about in the in the stream at least who's making them. I think they're an official Wizards product, so they're coming from Wizards. So I bet you they've partnered with someone, and they're probably a cool looking like heavy duty plastic. Well, is my, is my uh, if you got a chance to play uh, the D and D Open uh, at Origins last year, Wizards gave out a dice set there, and those dice are really nice. So I'm super excited to get these dice if they're as good quality as those. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, also, Wiz Kids announced um, officially announced. The Beholder head, which was their part of their line of trophy heads to be mounted. There's the Red Dragon, there's the Mind Flayer, and they announced a, a Beholder. So yay for that if you would, if that's your thing. Um, but the other big announcement from product-wise was from Avalon Hill Games. If you're familiar, if, you, if that name sounds familiar to you, it's because you're probably a fa- fan of Betrayal at the House on the Hill. Yep. 
And so they're coming out with a D&D version of it called Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. I'm a fan of the original, and this sounds super exciting to me. Um, Katie, what's your thoughts? I am going to sell truckloads of this game. That is my thought. I don't personally care for the mechanics of Betrayal at House on the Hill, but it is an incredibly popular game, and this is going to please a huge number of people, especially if the... Well, I don't know what they're going to call the haunts in this one, but especially if the haunts are different. If they're not just reskinned, if they're entirely new, this is this is going to be a really big deal for everybody. I heard they were new. Oh, that's so they good. Are new. Yes. There is 50 scenarios they're calling them in this game, and they were created for this game. Oh, rumor is, I've heard this rumor from a pretty reliable source, that, that a couple of the betrayal haunts have been reskinned that will be given as promos and that stuff. Okay, well, that's but, brilliant. Then I'm even more excited than I was before, uh, just on a retailer level. That's that's wonderful. That means that this is going to be marketable to people who don't even like Dungeons & Dragons, who just like Betrayal at House on the Hill, and that is incredibly smart of them. I, Scooby-Doo-style betrayal in Baldur's Gate, everybody. Right. Yeah, exactly. I see this as a gateway game, much like um, Lords of Water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jenny, what's your thoughts? So looking at the the promo pictures that they've got for the game, it looks very well made. They've got, you know, all your standard classes and stuff. The artwork for them is great. I love the artwork for the the halfling druid token they've got there. Gretchen Titchwillow. Say that a lot of times fast and not not mess it up. Uh, The miniatures for it, they've got, uh, looks like a half-orc paladin. He looks glorious. The the cards, the tiles, it looks beautiful, and I will probably get it to add to my shelf of games. Um, so I'm excited. I, I actually I like um, Betrayal. I like the original game, and I love Baldur's Gate, uh, the Baldur's Gate uh, video games. Baldur's Gate. Do we know? Engine. Do we know if Minsk and Boo are going to be in it? Yes. <gasps> oh, that's very exciting. So. so it says that they are doing... No, Minsk and Boo were mentioned in relation to some miniatures that Gale Force 9 is making. So oh. I would think that surely they're going to be in the Baldur's Gate game as well. No, I guarantee you it'll be an expansion. Well, uh, or, well, or a promo, maybe. Promo, something like that. The um, By the way, Jenny, the mini you love so much, the um, uh, Half-Orc Paladin yes. mini, is a... A very well done resculpt of a mini that WizKids has already mm-hmm. put out. I did know that. That uh, I actually ha- I have a half orc paladin character solely because I pulled that mini and I was like, "Well, this guy's cool." He, so he is. Look how glorious he looks. He's ready to do a battle and defend your honor. All right, um, Katie and Jenny. Any last thoughts about the products that we got announced? Anything that I missed? Anything you guys are? You, you wish they would have talked about? Uh, one thing that you didn't talk about, you did mention the Gale Force 9 minis a little bit, right? They're doing some miniatures. They're doing the the jungle goblins with masks that can be stacked up into their formation. And they're doing a paladin riding a velociraptor. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and that's part of their collector's edition mm-hmm. line. So they are unpainted. They need to be assembled and painted. So FYI, if you're excited about those, that's fantastic. But they take a little more work than the WizKids ones do. And they're also coming out in waves. So we'll get them when we get them. I may need a second job. 
Yeah, I um, I work a job and I made a second one for this also. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to our third subject. Our third subject is the event in general. The event was uh, on the East Coast. It started, kicked off at 1 p.m. on Friday afternoon. On the West Coast, that was 10 a.m. Same thing on Saturday, and it ran for 12 hours each day. The premise of the event was, the reason it was called Stream of Annihilation, was it wasn't just because it was streamed live on Twitch, but because Wizards of the Coast, and the D&D brand specifically, invited streamers, people who are streaming their D&D games, out to Seattle, and they had them play things that were themed or set in the new setting. Um, so the, some of the teams that were there were Acquisition Incorporated, the C-Team, the High Rollers, which is a team uh, group based out of the UK, which I thought was really great. Dragon Friends was there. Um, Girls Guts Glory, an all-female RPG group. I was excited about that. Chris Perkins with the Dice Camera Action group. The D&D is Risen is great. Um, Fury's Reach, and there was a couple other ones that were out there, too, that I thought was good. Katie, I'm going I'm to ask you this first, since you said earlier that you don't watch these on a regular basis. What's your thoughts on how Wizards did this? The start, I mean, the start time was kind of interesting to me because that's in the middle of the workday on a Friday where they're making what is, in theory, their big announcement. Right. Well, so my opinion on 5th edition the entire time has been that their primary audience for 5th edition are new gamers. And new gamers come from the 12 to 15-year-old bracket, for the most part, in my experience. And... Those are the people that have plenty of time on their hands to watch stream <coughs> events like this. And we also have plenty of people who work jobs where they can happily have streams on their phone and that sort of thing. So it's certainly not a bad idea. And I don't I have no complaints about them doing what they did this way just because I don't watch any of that stuff. That's not I mean, it, it was a great idea. It was fantastic. And the fact that they invited all of these groups from everywhere to come play with them to announce this stuff. That's just really good community marketing right there. That's that's showing that you appreciate the people that help make your game popular. So really, it was perfect. All right. I, I, I've been having a conversation actually today, as we're, the day we're recording this, on Twitter. I also uh, don't quite get my head around the whole watching actual play live streams. I, it's, I think it's a time thing for me. I have a very limited amount of time, and I work in an, an office environment where, yes, I have multiple monitors and I'm in front of a computer all day, but I think I'd get sideways looks if I had one of those with you know, a stream up that I was actively watching all the time. So I think that my issue was, and, and Jenny, I want you to comment on this after I'm done because I feel like you, I, I really, I really want to hear your opinion, is the fact that at 10 a.m. on the West Coast, 1 p.m. on the East Coast, if maybe Katie's right, maybe I'm old and I just don't get it, but the to make your big announcement, here's our next big season. This is what we're doing next at you know the middle of a workday on a Friday. Sounds I, I I don't understand. I just I I don't understand that part. Jenny, what's your thoughts? I was in a meeting and I was so sad. But um, thank you to the heroes on Reddit and Ian World for compiling everything into a format that I could consume while I was at work. I'm yep. a, I'm an adult as well, so it was a struggle for me. I, I did have it up on one of my monitors at work. My boss doesn't follow D&D or anything, neither do any of my coworkers, so I feel okay saying that. I, I did have it up, and every now and again, I would close the spreadsheet that I was working on to take a peek at it. But, like, I don't know. Like, the whole format of the thing, I guess um, we're all 
getting a little uh, old, get off our lawns and all that. <laughs> and but and he has he he being uh, Chris Perkins and Mike Merle have stated that this is kind of the format that they're gonna go with for the foreseeable future, anyways, until they change their mind for big announcements and stuff because it it does involve so much of the community and community is so essential for gaming. And and I don't think it was a bad format. I think it was just. I had work on Friday, and then Saturday I had a game day down in Cleveland, Tennessee, and I was out of town. So I didn't get to watch hardly any of it at all. So um, I was relying completely on secondhand news, which was fine. No one would lie to me about games. It's very important. But I thought I thought it was great that they brought in all these people. Again, like you said, they had such a variety of people. Um, everyone who did watch it said that it was great. I was very fortunate that I feel very fortunate anyways, that I was in between meetings when Chris Perkins ran his meat grinder showcase, so I did get to watch that. <laughs> That's all I wanted to watch out of the entire thing was him murder people. And I think Wizards has done a great, a great job of putting those videos up on Twitch now. If you go back and watch them, they've actually kind of parsed them the way so you can watch just what you want to oh, see. Yes. I also want to give a big shout-out to the two hosts, uh, Anna Robinson and Kelly Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did a fantastic job. They were knowledgeable. They, um, obviously, I, I now know they are involved in the community and they do streaming. And they are, you know, they, they weren't just two esports people they brought in. They, they, they actually know the community. But it, not knowing that, I was very fantastical and happy to see them. And I thought they did a really fantastic job um, keeping the stuff going. And you know, obviously, they were dealing with some some technical issues along the way and stuff. I thought they did a fantastic job. You mentioned kind of esports there, and I think it's really cool, like, watching this stream, for anyone who's kind of grown up with esports or whatever, like, seeing how intertwined those communities are. So that's like a whole separate community that having all of these people on this big, huge stream, like, they don't know what's going on necessarily, but they know their favorite streamer is gone and doing this big thing. So all of those people probably tuned in at least a little bit. So, I mean, I, I think that, that was a great call. I think it is, too. And I think bringing in the people who are in, involved in the streams and involved in the D&D community, but also, as you said, niche sports, I think brings a new audience. My take on it all, if anybody cares and if you don't care, that's great, is I'm happy they made the announcements. I'm happy I can go back and see it. I'm happy Reddit was involved or Twitter was involved where I can read those things. It became very obvious that I was not the target audience because I love this game and I'm going to play whatever they put mm-hmm. in front of me next. And so I'm okay with it. I just found it interesting. That's uh, I point. do want to give a hearty round of congratulations to their video editor for parsing this into consumable bites to put back on Twitch. You're the man or woman or both. I don't know how many video editors it yeah. took to make this miracle of modern technology happen. In the show notes, we will put – there's a great list that's out. We'll put a list that has links to oh, all yes. the different sections. Uh, Look uh, at, Twitch. We'll put that in the looking show. At that, looking at that list right now, actually. And it, yeah. So um, it was a great show, though. All right. Any last thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we actually, Topher, you, you know this because you were at my store on Wednesday night, which is the night that we run Adventures League. Well, I know it's not called that anymore, but that's what everybody's calling it, right? We saw an influx of a bunch of new people on, on this past Wednesday night that Topher and I both attribute to the stream. And frankly, we were caught very off guard by that. I feel a little dumb for being caught off guard, but it was a pleasant surprise. We had an extra full house of gamers on Wednesday night. So thanks, Chris, and and all you lovely people at Wizards for that. That's, you know, you you did what you set out to do. You got people excited. 
that, yeah, we had, like, we had to shove the fit people in the tables when we tried really hard to make sure everybody was, had a place to play D&D, and I was super excited about it. Jenny, thoughts? Last thoughts? Still called Adventures League, not called Encounters. I got what you were going for there. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was picking up what you're putting down. No, thoughts. It's great. All of it's great. I'm super excited. Everyone should be excited. The new player influx. Some of that might have been MomoCon related. I gave a bunch of people the name of your store. Oh, uh, thank you so much. That's very kind of you. Everyone lives in North Atlanta. And then North <laughs> North. Nobody likes South Atlanta. Um, but you know, so super excited for all of the new products. If you are counting, over 10 new products in total. So between now and the end of November, uh, you have just enough time to stock up on all 10 of those products to give your significant other for either a birthday or an early Christmas present <laughs> or whatever else it is that requires a not-so-subtle hint. Or you could give them, you could gift your GM or the guy who happens to coordinate D&D at your local friendly gaming store. Any of those people are available for gifts, right, Jenny? We all love bribes. I mean, gifts. Even game managers at your local gaming store Oh, with their unfailing love, commitment, and their hard work, definitely. (laughs) All right, guys. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. I think we've talked about this. Uh, Hey, everybody, listen, if you uh, have any comments, concerns, questions, shout-outs, you can always reach me and all of us on the Tome Show Facebook page. Hey, Jenny, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me on Twitter, technically. If if you send me something, I do respond. Otherwise, I'm bad at Twitter. At Jenny Loveday. Uh, That's G-I-N-N-Y-L-O-V-E-D-A-Y. On Facebook, at the exact same thing, Jenny Loveday. And also on Instagram, if you like pictures of D&D, pictures of cats, and selfies with D&D or cats. At G underscore Loveday. That is the most accurate summary of my Twitter, my Instagram, I can give you. (laughs) Right on. But I am am available. And Katie, uh, you um, dislike the internet and you're not on it. That's accurate. That's an accurate fact. Hey, uh, thanks again to uh, Katie and Jenny for showing up and talking to me tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My name's Topher Cohan. I'm your host. You can find me on the Twitters at ToperATL, T-O-P-H-E-R-A-T-L, and on the Facebooks at facebook.com slash T-O-P-H-E-R dot K-O-H-A-N. And every Wednesday, if you live in the metro Atlanta area, if you're coming to visit, stop by in Smyrna at Titan Game to Comics and say hi. We're up there playing D&D. Also, remember, you can get me through the Tome Show. Everybody, thanks a lot, and see you next time around the round table. Thanks, Katie and Jenny, for being on the show. And thank you all for listening. Don't forget to go over to thetomeshow.com and use the affiliate links for Amazon and the DMs Guild. And head over to patreon.com slash thetomeshow. Those are both ways you can support the show if you like what you hear. A special thanks to Eric Michaels for the music you're listening to right now. And a very special thanks to Aaron Good for editing the show and making us all sound fantastic. Thanks all and see you next time around the round table.